Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I'm an intuitive psychotherapist. And before I say more about myself or my guest today, I just want to really extend my deepest condolences to the victims of the shooting that happened last night in Thousand Oaks, California at the Borderline Bar and Grill. Just our deepest love and empathy and prayers and just being sent out to to the the victims, the families, loved ones, law enforcement. I just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge everyone affected and just hoping that if you notice anyone in your life acting irregularly um, to maybe ask some questions, uh, I, I think just really scanning our environment for for people that, you know, might have experienced Things that cause post-traumatic stress disorder. For example, if, if we could intervene in our own sphere of influence, maybe we can start to prevent some of these horrific mass shootings. So with that, I'd like to thank you for continuing to listen to my podcast. Please keep subscribing and sharing this show on iTunes, on Google Play, on um, iHeartRadio. I have a new YouTube channel. Please subscribe. It helps me out a lot. I post these shows to YouTube after the fact. And um, that, if you just put in the search bar, NOLA Therapy, that's my website. NOLA Therapy is everything. N-O-L-A-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y.com is my website. I'd love to work with you in intuitive sessions, clinical sessions. I do a mix of intuitive psychotherapy, calling in deceased loved ones, as well as traditional psychotherapy. So I'm able to meet you where you are, working with your spiritual belief system or not. And uh, just please reach out. I'd love to meet with you by phone, Skype, FaceTime, or in person at my New Orleans or Los Angeles offices. And as a gift from one of my sponsors, Audible, they produce really great audiobooks. If you haven't checked them out, go to audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy and they're giving you a free audiobook download of your choice with a month-long subscription to them and to support my work i would love for you to check out the crowdfunding campaign i have with patreon they're a platform for podcasters authors and artists creative people putting things out in the world you can support us with as little as a dollar a month 
directly withdrawn from your checking account into ours, I'd be grateful for you to check it out. Go to patreon.com forward slash all things therapy. Follow me on social media on Facebook and Instagram at NOLA therapy and on Twitter at Tahir LCSW. My guest today is a really, really insightful and I, I think wonderful guest for today, given things going on in our environment, in our country, in just moments, we'll be with Stephanie Levinston. She is an intuitive channel and a spiritual guide. She helps souls to communicate with other souls. And she teaches others, she teaches you, should you choose, how to access your intuition and use it as a compass to navigate your yourself through life. She's also the author of a book called Joining Joni. And this book is really meaningful. It, it's written for those who love someone, who have lost someone, uh, suffering with Alzheimer's or dementia. And she lost her own mother, Joni, to dementia. And that is actually how she tapped in to her intuitive and spiritual right side of her brain, our creative side of our brain, and went from a speech language pathologist, which she had done for many years, to being this beautiful intuitive channel. And with that, I just want to welcome you, Stephanie, for taking your time out today. Thank you so much, Lisa. I'm thrilled to be here. You're welcome. Also, so to our listeners, Stephanie did this beautiful TEDx talk. And so I'm not sure where you want to start with with all that you have to offer our listening audience. So I wonder if you could just kind of take us out there. (laughs) Sure. Let's go. Let's go out there. Um, (laughs) So, um, well, with regard to the the TEDx talk, for me, it was incredibly meaningful. It was just in the the last year um, that I did that. And it was sort of like a culmination point for me of encapsulating my journey with my mother through her dementia combining that with the process that I had been through in writing the book and the story about that, combined with the process that I had gone through learning to trust my intuition, which led me to teach others how to trust that inner voice of wisdom that we all have. It's our sixth sense. We all have it. It's just that most of us don't use it. We don't tap into it. We, we doubt it. We um, second guess it and question it and, and then become fearful around, well, what if I'm wrong? We fall into this trap of, well, what, what if this intuition is wrong? Well, intuition can't be wrong. <laughs> That's the trap. There is no right or wrong. Um, and so the TEDx talk was an opportunity for me to do something super duper scary um, to get on a stage and share my story in that way and know that the the TED platform is this platform in perpetuity, right? It's this permanent, it's always out there. Talk about visibility, that was kind of a stretch for me to my outer limit. And it was a profound shift in, well, if I, if I can do that, and I did, then here we go. <laughs> just keep going. Just keep moving and speaking my truth and showing others and sharing with others um, and empowering others to do the same. Because ultimately, I do this work because I want to live in a world where, we, where each of us individually are trusting that inner voice of wisdom, are following it, are honoring it, and speaking out about it. Um, supporting others in their journeys through that as well so that uh, because we'd be in a very different place if we were all coming from that trusting inner knowing um, we we would not have the level of violence and fear Mm -hmm. that we are experiencing right now it it would be a totally different game so that's I'm in this for that reason 
those are such good points. And I wonder if you could share with our listening audience more about what does it mean to be an intuitive channel. And for those of you listening, Stephanie has a YouTube channel herself, Stephanie Levinston, L-E-V-E-N-S-T-O-N, as well as your website, stephanielevinston.com. I like to give that for the listeners that might be at a computer to follow along. Um, How can you break down for us being an intuitive channel? Yeah. Well, so I struggle to try to find some language that fit what I, that can fit what I do. Um, And so even that I'm not sure completely um, contains it, right? Language is wonderful and we definitely need it, but sometimes it can be constricting. There's not always a word or phrase to fit perfectly what we're trying to communicate. So this is my best yeah, my best selection, um, given what I do. But what I mean, and, and intuitive channel means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, just like using the term psychic means mm-hmm. a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, and so to me, what it means is that I have learned and I practice ways to keep myself as clear as possible, which that means for me, radical self-care. Yes. That's a spiritual practice. That's a physical practice. That's an emotional practice. Um, so that my, my inner landscape is as clear and open to receive divine loving messages and energy as, as it can possibly be. Um, and then the channeling piece of it is, um, I, I view the word channeling to mean, you know, bringing through the messages, being a vessel to receive messages and to transmit them in as clear a way as possible. So the intuition and the channeling, that's, kind of how I came to the intuitive channel piece of it. But like I said before, we're all intuitive. Um, we don't all act that way because of, because of the trust factor. Um, but once you learn how to lean into that a little bit more, you can call yourself intuitive too. And I encourage you to do so. It's very empowering. And I believe that we're all channels because I believe that we all are connected to divine loving energy. Um, We all are divine loving energy. So if there really is no separation, which I do believe there is no separation between us and divine energy, whether you call that God or, or whatever word you use, um, there's a oneness there. There's a, a deep connection there. And so that's the, that's the, the piece that I'm hoping to bring through the channeling work that I do. I'm curious as to if you were aware of this connection and being a vessel when you practice exclusively as a speech language pathologist. Yes, I just didn't know. I, I didn't really have like a file folder for it yet, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I would receive communication um, that was not in the verbal form from my, my clients and patients all the time. Um, I could sit with somebody and do, be doing an evaluation or be doing a treatment session, and I would be present to so much more that was going beyond what, what they could communicate. So, of course, as a communication disorders specialist, which is what a speech-language pathologist is, I was working only with people who had communication disorders or swallowing disorders. Um, so there was already an impedance to clear communication. Mm. So I really had to rely on my, um, my intuition, my ability to connect beyond, to go deeper with that individual. Um, and that's where the soul level comes in. I feel that I feel that souls are, um, we're communicating with one another all the time. It's just an unseen, unheard ways. And so that, that was, so yes, to answer your question, I was aware 
that I was, I had something special with most, perhaps not all, but most of the patients that I would see and treat um, and really loved that. And, and there was a, there was a level of love exchange there where I could see they would reach out and just squeeze in my hand or mm-hmm. tell me in their own way, thank you. Thank you for hearing me, even though I couldn't say that in the way I needed to, or thank you for just being here and being in the, in the space and supporting me in my, in my journey. You know, one of the things that really struck me learning about you and listening to your TEDx talk is is just metaphorically how your work as a speech language pathologist helping people learn to communicate in, in more of a physical sense, how that parallels what you do now as an intuitive channel, connecting to souls, connecting to spirit. You were always doing this just in a, in a different form, and um, it's just really beautiful to me to notice that. And I wonder if, if how that was for you to realize as well, yeah. that you've always been doing this translation and helping people com- connect and communicate, but just in different forms. Yes. So I appreciate you saying that. And I would say it's more, more of a recent revelation to me <laughs> that I have been doing this all along. It's very easy, I think, in, in our culture now to you know, neatly divide things up and it's got to be black or white. It's Republican or Democrat. It's white, this or white. it's that. Um, and, the, but, but it's not, you know, there's this middle ground of um, we are complex beings and, and I don't have to only be clinical or be clinical in isolation to also being intuitive, to also being deeply connected on an emotional level, even with my, my, my patients or my clients. And so to know that I was um, using skills and even honing skills for what I'm doing right now, even back 15, 20 years ago, because I've been practicing speech pathology for a long time. um, That was a more recent, like, aha moment for me, like, Oh, okay, this, I know this, how do I know this? Oh, because I've been doing this for so long, because this is a level of communication that goes beyond what the textbooks that I used in graduate school or what my mentors have taught me, because we're not teaching this. This is not what, you know, is of the concrete clinical world that we can, you know, verify or validate in, in a particular way. So yeah, it's, that's a, that's a revelation for me too. So I wonder in, in working with your clients, do your clients experience kind of like this aha for themselves and whatever fields they might be practicing in, how they can take it from, as you said, like the, the textbook, the, the studying and into a realm of, of energy. And I'm just kind of curious about that as we're talking. Yes. Well, I certainly hope so. And if I go based on their feedback to me, then yes, most of my clients are ongoing clients. And a, a lot of them I do coaching work with. It's, it's, in, it's intuition. It's channeling. We do some, you know, direct channeling in the sessions. And then um, we also just have a lot of conversation, which really isn't separate from channeling, because even in conversation, we are bringing forward um, guidance and loving energy from divine wisdom. So, um, yeah, I, I have had the honor of being a part of, a small part, I feel, of my clients' journeys back to themselves, mm. back to their higher selves, their, their essential selves. And it's through the work and the conversation, and sometimes I will receive, you know, a, a 
an inspired question or something of that nature that just taps on in the right timing and in the right way, whatever it was that they were needing to hear or contemplate or explore at that moment. Um, and we get to dive into that and sort of muck around in those waters and see what comes up for them. Um, but my role really is to return people to their own inner knowing because I am no expert on anybody else's life um, or what is true for them. I only know how to be expert on mine and I, and I know how to support others in getting to that deep place of self-trust within themselves. Yes. And, and so my sense right now, as I'm listening to you and kind of tuning in to listeners is that some people might be wondering, okay, what is a session like? Why, why should I book with you? And so I want to share a bit about the experience I had in the session that we did together in the last week or so. And Mm -hmm. what, what I really like Stephanie about the session you provided me, it was different than what I expected when I've done other sessions with a person who's an intuitive channel, it's typically been, and, and they've been good, kind of, you know, a message comes through like, well, they are saying this, this, and that. And it's always been reassuring and okay. Like, like you talk about in your work, usually it's a message of confirmation as opposed to something brand new that we might not have any awareness of. But what mm-hmm. was different in working with you is that you, for the questions that I ask, and I'll share a couple, that um, you actually became, like you were speaking as if you were that person. And I didn't tell you while we spoke, but you actually sounded like the woman I asked about. And then you sounded like my father, like using the language that each of these individuals would use and speaking as if it were them talking to me about the question I had asked. And I've listened to that recording last night was the third or fourth time. And I've never listened to a sessions recording that often, but there was just so much really good information there that has helped me to, um, you know, feel really comforted and reassured and empathized to, and just have more hope around the situations I, I brought questions about. And, um, mm-hmm. and it, while you're, while you are that channel, are you aware of what's coming through? Like how much consciousness do you have of, of what's coming out of your mouth? <laughs> That's a really good question. <laughs> so this is where I really have to get over myself because by nature, by personality, I'm a little bit more type A. I like to prepare. I like to over-prepare. I like to know what I'm talking about, know what I'm going to say, know my topic really well. And being a channel, I don't have that. I can't. That's not any part of it. I have to be really comfortable in not knowing anything I'm going to say or what's going to come through me, come out of my mouth. Um, and so this, this is where the trust factor comes in. But it takes an enormous, for me, uh, it's a big place of vulnerability. Of course, I always hope and it's my prayer that what comes through will be relevant, that it will be relatable, that it will be functional for the person I'm channeling for. They can use it right away. And so I do what I can after the message comes through to also share um, what I see because I do have, I'm shown pictures, visualizations, almost Mm -hmm. like movies. I get other kind of sensory input as the message is coming through that helps to pull a complete picture together, which, which satisfies my need to make things more functional for my clients, which, which I think is maybe a little unique to me um, as well. It is, um, yeah, yeah. my experience. Yeah, and I love that. So, I, so trust me, my ego loves hearing you say, you sounded just like my dad, you sounded just like my friend, because that, 
that feels really good. I always hope it will be relatable in that way, but I have no control over that. I'm not choosing words. They're kind of, they're coming through and I'm just lending my vocal cords <laughs> to it. I'm lending yes. my, my mouth, my articulators to bring that message. And, but while I'm in it, while I'm in the receptive place of it, I feel so much love and I feel so much of the essence of what that soul is, um, is also bringing because that is divine love and wisdom. It's, it's pure love. It's clean. It's clear. It's, um, it's from a very high place. So there's a, a beauty in, in what I experience with, with each message, even if the communication, you know, even if it's uh, at the passing of a loved one or even if there's sadness or maybe a heavier energy around what's going on, I feel this purity of love all the time when I channel. And that's like, I feel like my little gift of a takeaway. That's beautiful. It, it sounds like it's healing for the recipient and for you as the channel. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I also liked in the session, one of the questions I had asked had to do with uh, getting new clients, wanting new clients to come into mm -hmm. my practice by remote sessions and in-person sessions and some curiosity around, you know, why had I noticed a decline and, and just the message coming through, which I had actually known but have felt a little uh, – timid to, I guess, come out and say is to change some of my um, advertising to reflect, you know, that I am an intuitive, that I am a medium, that, you know, we can incorporate those aspects into a traditional psychotherapy session that I've typically conducted for 20 years as a licensed clinical social worker and infuse um, spirit into it. Like, you know, and, and just since our session, I've had two new clients come in. One came in and said, I want to work with my spirit guides in our session. And the other came in saying, I want to talk about Chiron, the topic of my book coming out in 2019. So oh thank gosh. you because I changed my I changed my profiles on Psychology <gasps> Today and Therapy Tribe to talk about those those gifts that I have also studied with um Andy Bing, a medium in England, and Juliana Davis, like intuitive development classes, not as extensively as, as you have, but I've been working for the last four years to expose myself to teachers to help me uh, make this channel and connection stronger so I can be a clear vessel and channel as well. So it's been delightful. Like I took the risk to change that information and, and the clients are coming. I love that so much. I have chills all over my body. It's <laughs> that exciting. Makes me, yes, it makes me and, giddy because this is the alignment with energy, right? This this is yeah. when we are really stepping into the fullness of why we're here. It is time for us to stop um, filtering out things. It's time for us actually to be the magical warriors, the witches, the whatever you want to call yourself, yeah. intuitives, mediums, that, that we are because guess what? There um, are people, our tribes, our circles, our communities, they're waiting for us. They're waiting for us to speak truth because when we do, it gives others permission to do the same. And we cannot find each other unless we are bringing that forward. And so that is, that's essentially the universal law that you just experienced. You changed your language to more closely reflect what's true about you now, because we're changing all the time. You're not the same right. therapist you were 20 years ago. I'm not either. Um, 
But when you when you change that and you allow other people to know that, to see that, to read that, to connect with that, well, of course they're going to come through and be knocking on your door. And you know, here I am. <laughs> Thank you for finally sending the signal that you're here, you're ready, and this is who you are now because this is exactly what I'm looking for. I love that, Lisa. That's brilliant. Thank you. And I felt nervousness. It, you know, when the client came in wanting to bring her spirit guides into the sessions, it's like, oh, my gosh, nobody's nobody's ever said that. And yeah. um you know, so it's like really cool to stretch myself and have a, you know, being able to work with people at the energetic level. And um, it, it just took me by surprise. I didn't expect it. Like, I never know what someone's going to say when they come in. But, you know, usually it's around um, a loss, a relationship. Usually there's something going on that's troubling a person to bring them in. So this was different. Nothing particularly was, uh, you know, uh, troubling, but it was about to strengthen her connection to her spirit guides and wanting to incorporate that into therapy. And that's like, makes me so excited because that's what I want to do as well. Yes. And I want you to do that. There's such a need for that. My goodness gracious. And I, you know, what you said before about it's, it's not when I'm working with clients who are intuitive as you are, um, a lot of what comes through the messaging is not, like I've told you before, it's not new information. It's just a deeper level of knowingness. So you can hear it as a highly intuitive being and be like, oh, yeah, I've been sensing that. I have known that. that that's just not something I felt ready to act on. But hearing it in this way, it gave you some energetic yes, you know, nudging. Exactly. Yes. So, but then I also, you know, we have, there's all types of, you know, there's people are all different and at different places and stages of their journeys. And so there are plenty of people for whom it, it is new information. This, this is a new way of looking at things and of being with things. And that's a beautiful part to be in, in that journey with them as well. Yes. So Stephanie, we're going to take a quick break and then coming back, I want to talk to you about your TEDx talk because um, it was so powerful. So if you just hang tight, we'll be back in a minute. Great. Indeed, listening is the new reading. With Audible, you can listen to an unlimited amount of books at home, in your car, at the gym, anywhere on the go. With over 180,000 audiobooks to choose from. For you, the listener of all things therapy, Audible is offering you a free audiobook download and a month-long subscription for you to try them out. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy now and enjoy. Yourself and friends find a purpose in life, then you are in the right place and be a part of the crowdfunding campaign of patreon.com forward slash all things therapy with Lisa Tahir as she initiates a one on interaction with inspiring authors, healing experts, and spiritual directors. Join the League of Heroes of this generation by contributing your quota between a dollar up to a hundred dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash all things therapy. Let's make the world free of suicide, poverty, depression. And in all, make the world a better place for everyone. Welcome back to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir, and I am with Stephanie Levinston. She is an intuitive channel and spiritual guide. You can find her at stephanielevinston.com. And Stephanie, you did a powerful TEDx talk about it's called I am an intuitive channel and I had no idea until you're midway through that this was about how you became an intuitive channel and it has to do with the 
the loss of your mother, Joni, and her passing away, having dementia, and you developed a way to communicate with her at the point where she didn't know you were her daughter anymore. And I wondered if you could talk to us about this process and your talk. Sure. Uh, well, the nature of dementia is that, you know, that the pathways in the brain, they're not functioning, they're not connecting up properly. And so there's, there's different symptoms. But for my mother, her, um, her ability to organize thoughts and her ability to find the words to express herself and her ability to um, interpret situations that she used to very easily, she's a very social person, so she picked up on all sorts of social cues and she responded appropriately and all of that was just kind of falling to pieces during the middle um, and certainly late stages of her dementia. And it's a very, for anyone who has been part of a loved one going through dementia, being in it or, or passing from it or whatever, it's a very helpless feeling to watch your loved one struggle with everything, um, not being able to communicate. And when you can't communicate, you feel very disconnected and lonely and depressed and isolated. And it's not just the person with dementia that feels that way. It's anybody who loves them and is trying to make that connection with them. So what I started to recognize is well, a lot of things. First off was that these conversations I was having with my mother, um, arguing with her about uh, really unimportant things um, in an attempt to reorient her, like it was Wednesday and she would think it was Saturday. No, it's Wednesday. No, it's Saturday. Back and forth. That just, why, why I was asking, why am I doing that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why am I spending any time at all trying to reorient her when the day of the week doesn't matter? If she thinks it's cold outside and it's hot outside, that doesn't matter either. If she wants to wear her jacket in 90 degree weather, that's totally okay. Why am I not just meeting her where she's at and following her flow. Because when I experimented with that and I did that, whew, things then we were connected. Then we wow. could laugh and enjoy each other and just be, be present. And so I learned how to tap into another level of presence that actually is very easy to do if you just follow the, the flow, follow the lead of the, of the other person. That there's so many things that we waste our time on when we are working with or dealing with people who have memory disorders or any kind of brain injury um, that just aren't important. They don't matter. But what matters is staying connected. And there, there's a lot of ways to stay connected with someone who is really struggling and is sort of losing their former connections in the way that they that they used to have and the way that you, you knew them. So there's a transformation process for the person, for my mother, as she's um, losing her abilities. And for me, as I'm trying to help her and stay two steps ahead of what it is she'll need. And I, I would hear, you know, her, I'm I'm calling it now, like her soul's communication to me. Um, even when she was completely silent and could not talk anymore, and even when her facial expressions could not show me um, pleasure or displeasure or anything of that nature, I had to lean into trusting um, this, is, this is what I sense she's needing or this is what I, I feel in this moment will be beneficial to her. And then going with that and trying it out and, and everything from being an advocate, a verbal advocate for her on her behalf when she could not 
speak up, to um, anticipating her physical needs, to helping my father understand um, how he might navigate these because the hours get very, very long when you're working with someone you're living with or loving someone with dementia or Alzheimer's. It's like time just, there's no concept of it and the repetition that they naturally do because they don't have the capacity to remember anymore. It's very tedious. It's, it's very, very difficult and challenging. So I was able to help him, you know, to uh, be more present with her, follow the flow of whatever, wherever she was, even if it means being in a different reality. Um, if she, she thought most nights that she was not home. She saw her of her home as her childhood home. So she would ask, can you take me home tonight? Can you take me home tonight? And after a hundred times of you're in your home, you're in your home, I finally suggested, just tell her yes. I'll yeah, take just, you home. Uh-huh. And, and in that moment, she experienced peace. Wow. And then she would forget, and that's okay. But if, if what we want to have our loved ones experience are more moments of peace, then just kind of go with where they're at. And even if it's not, quote, true. It doesn't matter. The truth, what's right or not right, it doesn't matter anymore if you want to stay connected. A moment in your TEDx talk that actually gave me chills is when you were sharing the story about a time with your mom that, um, and this is my paraphrase, that she had forgotten who you were and said something like, you know, why why does everyone say you're my daughter? And Mm -hmm. my heart just sunk. Like, oh my God, like, I don't even know what I'd say. And you said back, what does our relationship feel like to you? And she said that, you know, you're a best friend. You're my dearest friend. Like that was just mind blowing, heart blowing. Can you talk to us about that, that moment? Yeah. And how that question even came or statement even came to you? Yes. So that that statement absolutely was channeled. I have no idea. You know, that was not a cognitive process for me. I, I wasn't expecting her to not know our relationship in that moment. Um, we were just driving to an appointment. I wasn't expecting her to ask me the question, why do people keep referring to you as my daughter? Um, I didn't think we were at that phase yet. So it really hadn't, I hadn't prepared for it. So, um, but what occurred to me at the moment, and yes, I do feel like it was channeled, just meaning that I was in the right open place to receive an alternative way to to, um, meet her where she was at, was to get curious, because curiosity is really the only thing that's needed to join someone else in their reality. And it doesn't mean we're going to believe what they say or, or adhere to their reality. But if I'm just curious about, well, what, what does this feel like to her? I really kind of want to know. Um, and so that's why I asked her, you know, I felt that inspired question, well, what does our relationship feel like to you? And then when she said, well, you're my best friend, mm. <laughs> Lisa, I thought, I got a promotion. Like, yes. <laughs> that's so my daughter. Yes, yeah, beautiful. <laughs> it's so hard, the mother-daughter relationship sometimes. And so to know that in her heart and in her mind, I was her best friend, I will totally take it. So I, 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 um, I validated her. I, you know, I said, um, yeah, we are really close. It does feel like best friends. Um, and, and then she felt heard and seen and understood. And I felt really as as joyful as I could, given the deep sadness of what I was losing, which was her knowledge of our of our relationship. And then we were able to continue on in our journey um, together in, in that way where it, I could just be her best friend. And that's, 
that's lovely. Yes. And what, what a moment that, that you shifted what could have felt uh, what most, you know, friends that I have now with parents that have dementia and these questions, they're just so, um, sad, you know, around this loss mm-hmm. of recognition and memory loss. And never did I think to say, well, maybe you might want to ask, you know, what, what I feel like to you. It's just so helpful. Is this yeah. in your book? It ha- did the book, the it book was before is. your TEDx talk, correct? Um, no, the book, um, the TEDx talk was the universe surprising me (laughs) with you're going to go on stage now. And I thought, really? No, I think not. And they said, yes. So I did it. Um, the book was, the book is really, um, I think very helpful, at least from the feedback that I'm getting from people reading it who have a loved one with any type of cognitive decline to, yes, the the details are in the book, everything that I that I highly recommend uh, from this side of it, from having gone through the experience all the way through to the end, because I even have suggestions and recommendations through the very last moments of my mother in her earthly experience. Um, so the learning, the process of all that unfolded for, you know, and it's still actually, I feel a beautiful connection with my mother right now. We share a lot of laughter and joy from, you know, her from the other side. But so, so the book didn't prompt the TED talk and I don't really think of the TED talk as like, uh, even though the focus is on my mom, what I'm really hoping to do with the TEDx is to show people that they too are intuitive, that we, we all have yeah. two hemispheres, yeah. right? The, the sides of the brain are designed for different things. One side is very practiced, the left logical side. Our, our society values that side almost above everything else. However, that imbalances us. And we're not meant to live like that. And the left side of our brain, I don't believe, is supposed to be the guiding force. I actually think it's the right side, the creative, intuitive um, side, the, the receiving side to um, to other understanding, to deeper understanding. And so I want people to know that you can develop that. You have your right hemisphere. You can tune into that, hone that. There are practices, exercises, techniques that can be um, performed so that that side becomes stronger. It's like a muscle. Yes. Yes. You know, I really also enjoyed Stephanie listening to the why and watching the video you posted after you did your TEDx talk (laughs) about the whole experience of it, because it made, I, I watched that first before I watched your actual TEDx talk, because I never would have known that you would have had the glitches that, that you spoke about in the other video after the fact. And um, that was really cool. What, what prompted you to put up that video sharing the experience of TEDx and the strange things that happened during your, during your (laughs) TEDx talk? (laughs) Well, I sort of feel that if I'm going to do this work and be as vulnerable as it requires me to be, then everything, I'm just going to, we're going to go all in. I'm going to put everything out there on the table. And um, there was so much humor in in hindsight of what unfolded up until and during the time I gave my talk. Um, And I I wanted people to know what for many reasons. One, because I would love to encourage and empower other people to take that risk and go out and share their stories. Perhaps it's not on as, you know, a platform like TED Talks, but if it is, yes, go for it and do it, but in whatever way. And I think that if by offering the full story, because what, what you only ever see on, in these 
talks is they've been edited, right? So you, yeah. you, you're getting the best version that's possible um, for you to get. So for example, when I did the dreaded thing, the thing that I said, oh, I'm never going to do it. I'm not going to forget my line. Um, and there's no teleprompter and there's no cards. You don't, you know, I'm not going to do this. And then it happened. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's, it, this is it. This is the one mistake I said I cannot make. I will not make. I will just absolutely just die if I make this mistake. And there it is. There's my mistake. And I lived through it. And I can look back on it and say, wow, that was amazing. Now, you don't see that in the talk because thankfully right. there's great editing. <laughs> so that long pause of silence where I needed to get a little bit of prompting isn't in there. And nor was, you know, when, when my clicker didn't work for me to start my talk because the very first slide has to come up for me to begin the introduction to my mother and my talk it wouldn't come up. There were, the battery was dead in the remote. <laughs> so there's this prolonged, you know, awkward click, 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 nothing, nothing, nothing. I have to walk off stage and they have to exchange the batteries. I walk back on, then it works. And then people applaud which threw me off because I wasn't expecting applause for the clicker working. Right. <laughs> I was waiting for that. At the, so there are all of these moments, really funny moments um, that I want other people to know about because it's part of taking the risk. It's part of showing up. There's a lot of topsy-turvy twists and turns and, and they can be just as much fun sharing them and because it, then it's just this is this is the honest truth of what I experienced giving my talk and guess what I did it anyway and guess what I'm so proud of myself yeah and I feel so good about it and so go everybody go out and try and do and just give it a go give it a whirl you know I'm wondering what just I'm having this vision of seeing life like your journey and and just how unexpected uh, I'm imagining a lot of these turns have been for you and just what, what it means to you, how, how, what are your takeaways and, and what's next for you moving forward? Oh, let's see. I, there are so many takeaways, but I, I think just distilling it down to one thing, it's to when I get stuck in the mind spin, which all of us do, you know, I'm, I, I am human. We're having human experiences. There's a lot of self-talk. There's, um, there's a lot of external chaos. Uh, you only have to go on your Facebook feed to see that, you know, or news or right. whatever. So for those that are empathic, like myself, that feel things very deeply, not even just my own stuff, but I actually feel everybody else's stuff very deeply. And I'm a nature empath, so I actually feel the condition of the trees, the animals, all living beings in a very profound way. And it can be, um, it can feel devastating, uh, especially with mm. the destruction going on. It can feel overwhelming. It, it can render somebody um, completely immobile. And that won't do. That's not what we're meant to. That's not the gift of, of being an empath. Um, being an empath, I feel, is a superpower. And I'm really passionate about teaching other empaths how to how to utilize and navigate that. So one big takeaway is it's a blessing to feel as deeply as I do. It's not a curse. It's an absolute gift. And um, I've learned to access the proper channels, the proper books, the spiritual teachers, the mentors to use that and to be able to teach that in a way that's relatable for, for those people that are, you know, right for, for me. Um, and, to keep to keep going, that mistakes. Um, I'm just going to choose to 
feel that mistakes aren't really, they're not really mistakes. I hate the word because we're taught to fear it, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're actually intentional opportunities to grow. That's what I was thinking. Opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so did I make a mistake by forgetting my lines on the stage? Mm, No, not really. I, I had to actually forget them because that was the one thing that I thought I had control of. And the universe was saying, no, honey, you don't have control of any of this. And so let's move that away from you. And then you can see, oh, okay, I'm still okay. I'm still good. I lived through that. I actually thrived. Um, and now I can speak to, I just actually coached someone who was planning a, a talk as well. She's been getting up on stage and doing her own talk. And I can say, ooh, I have been through what I yes. imagine might be the worst fear of any public speaker. And so, yeah, let me help you out with this. And, and we, she did an amazing job. So, um, there's lots and lots of takeaways. And then in terms of where I'm going next, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's so up to my guides in the universe. And they keep mm. showing me more and more. And I keep saying, are you sure? Bite the nails. Are you sure? Yes, we're sure. Go for it, girl. And then I go. And there I am. So, and we have a few more minutes. I'd love for you to let our listeners know what you offer besides the intuitive sessions like I did with you. I know you have a spiritual boot camp. Can you take some time to let listeners know what they can, you know, access? Yeah, for sure. Yes, definitely. Um, Right. So the spiritual boot camp is really just... um, a, a grouping of videos that I got inspired. I, I recorded them all in one day. Um, I think that's obvious because I think I stayed in the same outfit <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> but there's hours of video that really show how to get more attuned to your the voice of your intuition because the voice of intuition is a very different feel, frequency, cadence um, to, you know, as compared to the voice of what we might call ego or scarcity or fear-based thinking, which is a very practiced voice. And that's the one, the voice of ego is the one that we are kind of trained on. We grow up on that. You know, we have to compete with others and there's not enough for everybody and you have to be the best because you have to beat other people out in this whole nonsense. That's it's just not true. It's not actually like that. Um, but so the boot camp is really designed to help people move some energy so they can stand more closely aligned with their, their voice of intuition. Um, I also, in my, I have uh, my Facebook business page, I, I do videos quite often in there on my spiritual musings. Um, sometimes I, well, I'm getting, I call them downloads all the time. I'm getting guidance yeah. all the time. You know, I'll be walking my dogs and something will happen or come through and it'll spark an, an insight or an awareness. And then I'll maybe hop on and do a live stream about that. Um, I also have a Facebook group, Sacred Soul Sisterhood, which is a women's only group where I offer similar offerings, but of a more like personal nature. For me, um, I am very passionate about empowering women. I work with men and women, but uh, you know, I'm very passionate about the feminine energy yeah. and um, and her rising up because that is what our planet requires if we are to be a species that can restore the planet and sustain life in in helpful, holy, beautiful balance. So I'm very focused, you know, in that way. And so that's where I kind of post some of my more, maybe they would be considered a little bit more personal, but I get pretty personal on my business page as well. I feel like transparency is really essential in the work that I do. I'm not Oz hiding behind a curtain, um, making different voices happen. (laughs) 
this is really just me. And when I channel, yeah, it does sound like other, other um, essences because that's what I'm inviting in. That's what mm-hmm. I am lending, you know, the experience to. Um, and that, you know, that's me as well being an open vessel for that. So I, I really do believe that the more truthful, honest, and authentic we can be with everyone, um, the safer we feel. It's really kind of weird because we've been taught to, to fear the opposite, that if you tell your truth, um, there's annihilation at risk. And yes, there, that has been the case, right? And not in the two, not even in long ago, but recently there's a lot of people who are all around the globe who are speaking their truth and who are um, not only ridiculed for it, but much worse. So it's risky, but the other risk to not speaking the truth that, you know, is true for you at any given moment is much worse, I feel like, because then we get lost. And then we are completely disconnected and separate. And this notion that we are somehow separate from God or God energy or divine energy, that's a false notion. Yes. And so by being truthful about how our human experience, how my human experience actually is for me, and that includes all the foibles and the funny things and the scary things and the embarrassing and sometimes humiliating things, that's every bit as much true as how confident I feel about my work in other realms. So it all needs to be seen and felt um, for for all of us to rise to the occasion of, of who we are in our truth. Beautiful. I want to thank you for taking your time out, Stephanie, and being my guest. My pleasure. Thank you so and much, I want, Lisa. I want to give a shout out to your Uncle Bobby, Bob Weinberg, who <laughs> introduced us. At, hey, hey, Bob. And um, just a lot of gratitude to him and, and to you, Stephanie. I just love what you're doing, the way you've transitioned your life and just been open to the voice of spirit and your inner knowing to be available to certainly you've helped me and all the others that you have worked with and will. Thank you so much, Lisa. And yes, big shout out to uncle Bobby. He's the best. He is the best. Okay. (laughs) Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. You're welcome. Bye. That concludes my show today with intuitive channel and spiritual guide, Stephanie Levinston. Find her at stephanielevinston.com. And I would love if you all take a moment right now to go to youtube.com and subscribe to my channel, NOLA Therapy, NOLA Therapy. I post these podcasts. I've done a couple, one live live stream. I'll be doing some more in the future, NOLA Therapy, so I can get you information to for you to empower yourself. Thank you for listening, and I'll be with you next Thursday. Bye. Listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir.